This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. As promised on last week's show, we're going to have a couple of interesting guests today. In segment number two today, we're going to air an interview that we recorded last November in conjunction with the 30th anniversary of the massacre down in Jonestown, Guyana. There is a local connection to this event, as most of the the victims were from the Bay Area. And on a happier note, in segment three, we're going to talk to show business legend Dick Smothers about uh, the Smothers Brothers, oddly enough. As of this year, they are the longest-running comedy team in American history, the two brothers having worked together now for 50 years. Had a chance to take them in uh, at the Cash Creek Casino last week and found them still funny, still entertaining. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But in the meantime, let us begin the show as we like to do with On This Date in History, which in our case today is the 12th of March. It was on March 12th in the year 641 that the Tibetan king Songzan Gombo married a Chinese princess, Wen Chen. This marriage would later form the basis of China's claim to sovereignty over the region. Astonishingly, a local professor wrote an op-ed piece for the Sacramento Bee last year uh, explaining why it was no big deal that China had taken over Tibet. After all, Tibet was a part of China, and she actually cited this 641 marriage as justification. We took her to task for this on this show. It was on March 12th in 1088 that the French Cardinal Odo of Lagare was elected Pope Urban II. It was during his 11-year reign that Urban would launch the first of a series of crusades. This gave many Europeans their first exposure to the superior culture of the Islamic Middle East, which had, to a large extent, preserved the, uh, the heritage of, of ancient cultures by translating Greek and Roman texts into Arabic, which in many instances provide posterity with the only examples of those texts which were ruthlessly destroyed by Christian monarchs in Europe. It was on March 12th in 1689 that King James II, the Roman Catholic King of Britain, who had been deposed during the Glorious Revolution that brought William and Mary to the throne, landed in Ireland in an effort to restore Catholicism to the British Isles. James II failed in this quest, and to this day, the UK remains Protestant. Although many consider the Anglican Church to basically be Catholicism without the Pope. On this date in 1938, German troops accompanied by Adolf Hitler marched into Austria to proclaim an Anschluss or annexation of the German-speaking part of the country. And finally, it was on this date in 1968 that U.S. Senator Eugene McCarthy surprised sitting President Lyndon B. Johnson in the New Hampshire Democratic presidential primary. McCarthy polled 42% against Johnson's 48%. He did this, however, on almost no budget and proved to LBJ that he was very vulnerable in the November election, causing Johnson to then withdraw his candidacy. Johnson attempted to make his vice president, Hubert Humphrey, the next president of the U.S., 
But Humphrey was narrowly defeated in November by Richard M. Nixon. Had Humphrey won, his presidency would have been very much influenced by Lyndon Johnson, the wire puller. Our quote of the day comes from E.F. Schumacher, who said, Any intelligent fool can invent further complications, but it takes a genius to retain or recapture simplicity. Our quote of the day comes from Will Rogers, who said, A man only learns in two ways, one by reading and the other by association with smarter people. Our statistic of the day is 75 years, as in <laughs> the interval of time it's taken for beavers to finally return to the Detroit River. Yes, apparently workers at Detroit Edison recently discovered a beaver lodge in an intake canal in the city's East Riverfront, and cameras have caught its furry inhabitants on film. Apparently, as the water in the area has been cleaning up, a lot of other species have been returning to the area. That's some pretty good news. Our joke of the day, and this was sent to us by Shanta, we want to thank her for that, was an explanation of how one defines success through life. At age three, it's not crapping your pants. At age 12, it's having friends. At age 18, it's having a driver's license. At age 25, it's having regular sex. And at age 35, it's having money. As we continue along through life, at age 50, it's still having money. By age 65, success is defined by having regular sex. At 70, it's having a driver's license. At 75, it's having friends. And by 80, success is defined as not crapping your pants. So yes, throughout the ages of man, there's a certain symmetry in how we define success. All right, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. In today's, uh, today's good and bad and the ugly, there's quite a few sort ofs. Starting off with the fact that it was sort of a good week last week for the Iraqi Museum. Six years after the Baghdad institution was looted in the wake of the United States invasion of Iraq, enough stolen and hidden artifacts were brought back to reopen. The sort of comes from the fact that although 6,000 items had been recovered in Iraq and from art and antiquities markets around the world, about twice that number still remain missing and unaccounted for. Of course, to quote former Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld, democracy's untidy and stuff happens. It was sort of a bad week a couple weeks back for Zimbabwean President Robert Mugabe, who upon throwing himself a lavish 85th birthday party, and announced that land redistribution will continue in the country and that the few remaining white farmers should vacate their farms as they have no place there. Mugabe's startlingly racist move didn't seem to evoke a lot of, uh, a lot of outrage around the world. And no, we don't know why that is. We, however, chalk it up to racism, the racist belief that discriminating against white people in Africa is not really racism. And finally, it was a sort of ugly week for political scientists in Texas. 
when it was revealed that a political science class at Southern Methodist University got a surprise visit from former President George W. Bush. The ex-president popped in on Professor Harold Stanley's Introduction to American Government and Politics class. Apparently, the authorities did not want to tax the former president by bringing him into an advanced poli-sci class. Bush apparently spent about 10 minutes discussing the decisions he faced as president before taking 50 minutes, 5-0, of questions from the undergraduates. And wouldn't you have liked to have been a fly on that wall? All right, this isn't quite from the Only in America file, but it might be. I guess we're going to call this from the Only in Sacramento file. Recent article in the paper about the fact that the proud city fathers have noted that the this community of about a million people is only a few days away from setting the record for homicides. Apparently the city had gone 55 days without a homicide, just at that point eight days shy of breaking the record of 62, which was set 10 years ago. It should be noted that on the average, according to data examined by the Sacramento Bee, someone is killed in Sacramento every seven days. Actually, when I said a million, that's, that's the metro area. I think this refers to Sacramento City proper, which is probably three or 400,000 people. Which I guess then gives us twice the number of annual homicides as the nation of Canada. And from the Only in New Zealand file, we have the following. Henry, a 111-year-old Tuatara, has now become a father for the first time. This rare species, which can live up to 250 years, is the last link to a line of reptiles that flourished 220 million years ago. We talked about the Tuatara, I think, last year on this show. Apparently, when Henry's keepers at a New Zealand zoo first tried to mate him, he bit off a girl Tuatara's tail. Apparently, after they removed a cancerous tumor from beneath his genitals, his libido was restored and he mated successfully. Apparently that was in July. Well, a couple weeks back, 11 of the 12 eggs they produced hatched. We're going to play our interview with Dick Smothers in segment three, and I just want to note in passing that it was a fascinating experience to go out to Cash Creek Casino and observe firsthand the specimens of humanity that believe they can go into a casino and beat the house. No, we're not sure where these people come from, but we have a theory that Will Durst likes to throw out. But these may be the kind of people that, upon whom nuclear tests had been performed and just no one was told about it. We have piles of clippings laying about. Every so often I pick up one that I didn't get a chance to talk about months ago. And I'm somewhat amused to look at one that's, uh, that's titled, Issue of the Week, Is the Government Cooking Economic Data? Went on to quote, Kevin Phillips and Harper is saying the federal government's economic numbers simply cannot be trusted. To see how the numbers have been corrupted, check out the three most closely watched economic measures, the consumer price index, the gross domestic product, and the monthly unemployment figures. It should be noted that this article predates the sudden revelation last December that, by gosh, it appears we are in a recession. And if you suspect, dear listener, that it's not a coincidence that that data only came out a month after last November's election, well, we'd say it's, you know, you should go to the head of the class. Of course, the, the, part, the part we like best about that revelation in December was that, yes, the economy is in recession, comma, and apparently has been so for the last year, period, end of sentence. 
And as the economy of the old whole world looks to be in uh, in some uh, you know in a shaky state, it should be noted that over in Russia there's at least one industry that's booming. Yes, in spite of rising unemployment and underemployment in the nation, Russian politicians are uh, are are taking the fact that there's a lot of grumbling going on pretty seriously, and have chosen to meet the crisis not by fighting unemployment but by stocking up on things like water cannons. In fact, it's reported that the one factory in Russia that is still producing at full capacity is the one that makes water cannons for firefighters and police. It's now taking extra orders from local governments. Meanwhile, Gazprom, the state gas company, and Transneft, the state pipeline company, both have their own corporate armies to protect their property. Police and private forces now number 2.5 million people, more than the Russian army. Speaking of private armies, on this side of the Atlantic, it was, an, it, was, it was announced that the private security contractor Blackwater, which is apparently tired of seeing its, uh, its corporate name associated with all those bleak headlines, recently changed their name to, written out, X-E, pronounced Z. Blackwater is now Z. The new name, a company spokesman says, reflects its change of focus from private security to, quote, being an exciting place, unquote. And I guess if you enjoy brandishing automatic weapons, it would be an exciting place to work, wouldn't it? And it turns out the bad times are boom times for evangelical churches. Apparently the congregation growth at evangelical churches jumped 50% during each recession between 1968 and 2004, according to a new study from Texas State University. And apparently hard times are good for the corporate espionage business. Banks and hedge funds are hiring private eyes to investigate the companies they're invested in to help determine the true state of their investments. New business at the two biggest corporate intelligence firms, London's Risk Control and New York's Kroll, are up 20% over the past few months. As far as looking into investments goes, apparently the, the SEC and, and other Federal regulatory agencies have gotten off their asses to take a close look at Stanford Financial, which, as we mentioned in last week's show, operates in the United States and the Caribbean island nation of Antigua. Recent reports after looking into Stanford indicate they have recently been advising clients that they can't redeem their CDs for two months. It's noted that such delays in redemption often precede the collapse of Ponzi schemes. On the other hand, apparently Stanford Financial has been sponsoring the Antiguan national cricket team. The head of the company was apparently given an honorary knighthood by the Antiguans, which frankly is probably a bad side for investigators. All right, science topics. We are so far behind in science topics, it's not even funny, but we're not going to have too much time today to catch up. But here's a very cool story I think we should talk about. Apparently, scientist Uwe Bergman of the Stanford Synchrotron Radiation Laboratory, no relation to Stanford Financial, have used modern X-ray and spectral imaging technology to uncover two ancient manuscripts by the famous Archimedes, who lived in Sicily in the 3rd century B.C. A lot of ancient texts, of course, were written on parchment, which is lambskin. During the Middle Ages, ancient texts were often scraped off the parchment and written over to to create prayer books. 
But Bergman notes that uh, scholars have been able to discern the original writing of Archimedes' The Method and The Stomachion. These are volumes that exist nowhere else. After reading these ancient texts, it was discovered that Archimedes was far ahead of his time. He was using a form of calculus and devising ways to add an infinite number of sums. What's really exciting about this is imagine how many medieval prayer texts are out there that might be subjected to this technology and, and a lot of knowledge regained. That about does it for this segment. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. Stay tuned for a talk about the infamous Jonestown Massacre. ¶¶